Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. How we doing? I forgot I lowered my headset. There we go. All right, 104. How we doing on this Friday morning? We made it. We made it to Friday. The weekend is upon us. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Very much so. Going to actually hang out with some buddies, watch some football, drink some beer, play some golf, shoot some pool. Looking forward to it. Have a nice little day plan, nice little Saturday. And we're not going to Home Depot. 877-337-6666. And we'll get into those games. We'll get into some football as we go through it. Should the Giants honestly consider a coaching change because Hall of Fame coaches are available? We'll get into it. And then, obviously, we'll give you picks. We'll go through the whole nine, all the trimmings, as Mike Francesa used to say, and probably still does, all the trimmings of a football Friday right here on The Fan. But we've opened the show up with the big news. The Yankees have signed... Marcus Stroman to a two-year contract at $37 million. If he pitches 140 innings next year, it will be a th- on the second year of that deal. It will be an automatic triggered third year uh, for a possible total of three years, $55 million. Stroman is excited about it. He broke the news himself pretty much by putting a picture of him in a Yankee jersey on his Instagram as well as a picture of him and his father from when he was uh, a, a young boy and uh, in a Yankee sweatshirt. So he wanted to be a Yankee, and this is a solid move. It's a solid move. If you take everything else out of it, just pure baseball-wise, it's a, he's a solid pitcher. He's got a good ground, ground ball rate. He's been successful in New York with the Mets on some level. He's been successful in the American League East with the Toronto Blue Jays. And, you know, he's someone right now who's, who, wants, who wants this. And he's a good, solid pitcher. He's a good middle of the rotation. They needed at least one more pitcher. The Yankees are better today than they were yesterday, but there were better options out there. And considering the all-in nature of this year, when they went out and got Juan Soto, when they I thought they recognized the all-in nature of this year when they offered $300 million to Yamamoto and did everything they could to bring him in here and try and have that Yamasoto uh, Yama offseason we were all clamoring for. But once that fell apart, it's been quiet in all aspects. They made a contract offer earlier today to Blake Snell. He turned it down, and they immediately pivot to Stroman. And it's just, for me, it's not the impact arm I was looking for. When you t- And especially when you take in all the other stuff, his you know battles with the Yankees, knocking the Yankee rotation, knocking Brian Cashman, f- going at it with Yankee fans, picking every argument under the sun on Twitter, going at everybody who has a crossword for him. Like, all those things need to change. It could be a problem. It's got to be something that's managed inside this clubhouse, When particularly when you add in the idea they got Verdugo, a former Red Sox. So they got a couple of players that the Yankee fans are going to give no honeymoon to, and they better come right out the gate playing well. And if not, they're going to have to figure out a way to roll with the punches the way Giancarlo Stanton has. But ultimately, this has got to be a World Series-type year. And it makes them better, but it doesn't make them a World Series front runner for me. And I was looking for a starting pitcher that would do that. Now, it's not over. It's January. What's today's date? The 11th, 12th. It's January 12th. The offseason's not over. Five 
That's right, five of those pitchers still exist and are still out there on the market. So this is a call to you, Brian Cashman, from the president and exclusive member of the Cashman Shill Club. I'm reaching out to you personally. You guys aren't done, right? Go out and get that ace pitcher. Go trade for Burns. Go trade for Bieber. Go trade for Cease. Go sign Montgomery. Go sign Snell. Go do one of those things. And then it'll all be cream cheese. And you won't hear another complaint out of me. And I won't sound like a crybaby. Apparently I sound like a crybaby. I don't think I sound like a crybaby. I think I'm just saying good, not good enough. Chris in Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Hey, Chris. Um, I really enjoy your show, and Chris, I got to tell you, from a Met fan perspective, you drive me nuts, but you're consistent and you have high standards for your own team. So, oh, thank you. Res- That's I have well, nothing but respect. Well, that, you know what? You- that was very well put because I was yelling at the, about the Mets not doing enough, and I I am consistent. And people you think are. I'm a ca- I'm a Cashman shill. I said this is a year's different. They better go yeah. do this. They haven't done it yet. I'm angry. You good, and I like it. That's why I listen to you. I like to hear your show. I like the honesty. But I got to tell you, from the Mets fan perspective, give me a second. I did have a little chuckle because this guy is a train wreck. I know you all know that. And enjoy that smiley photo on Instagram now because that could change in a couple months. Oh, no doubt. But, but here's the thing that I find interesting. And, and Fleet said something really interesting, too, that, like, you know, this guy being a bit of a loose cannon with a manager like Boone, who's not exactly disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that could be a, a problem. But I'm fascinated in Cashman, the last couple of years, he signed a lot of questionable people or brought over or traded. Donaldson, yep. Verdugo, Stroman. I, I, don't, that's, I don't know. It just seems strange to me. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think part of the re- I, I do believe part of the reason that he got uh, Donaldson, uh, not the only reason, the, but part of the reason was it brings a little bit of an edge. You know, you need that 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 tough guy, that guy, you know, that it changes the dynamic of the team a little bit. I had no problem with it at the time. Um, there, I mean, not everyone's got to be the best guy in the world. Not everyone's got to be, uh, you know, best friends. Sometimes there is a, a, a good edge you could bring to a team, uh, and we've seen plenty of those guys be ran, you yeah. know, wildly successful. So, well, 86 Mets. I mean, those, yeah. I mean, they. Uh... 88 Mets. Didn't Keith Hernandez punch Al Strawberry during the team photo? Yeah, <laughs> right. Something like that. Ray, yeah. Ray Knight certainly had his yeah. uh, his yeah, yeah. his issues, but, but and think- and the 77, 78 Yankees didn't get along. And there's different guys yeah. with different, uh, you know. But it's not. Yeah, I, I get it. This one's a little. This one's an added one that I was surprised they went with because it's so it's- obvious. Like we didn't know. Like we knew. Yeah. A, we knew a little bit. Like Verdugo had an issue with the with the. Yeah. With the Red Sox. If you're a big-time baseball fan, you might have remembered he got benched or something, but like when Verdugo signed that when or traded for it, that's when we started to hear about the idea of, oh, there was an issue with the Red Sox, but like nobody knew it that much. It was quiet. All right, there was a problem. Who knew exactly what it yeah. was? Then you start to hear, oh, he's you know he, he missed time. He was late. He did this. He didn't show up, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Everything about Stroman is well aware to every single Yankee fan. It is public. It is out right. there. He does it on Instagram. He does it on social media, on Twitter. Yeah. He does it. He did it with the Mets. Like everything is very public. Oh, yeah. This is not just Josh Donaldson, who's got a reputation of, eh, they don't love him. He's kind of been from team to team. But like this is, we know exactly what the issues are. We know exactly what was said. We know exactly uh, his, his uh, sensitive nature. And so to do this, it's just, it's a little puzzling. 
I'm surprised they did it. I am. I'm surprised this was the signing. I did not see. Uh, I did not think Strowman was until they until the report a couple days ago from Morosi that had him as you know connected to the Yankees. I didn't even consider him. Didn't think about him. Was not even on my radar. I'm surprised by this deal. But having said that, he is a solid pitcher, and the actual deal is very good. The contract is good. The contract is fair. It's a good contract. The Yankees got the Yankees and Brian Cashman got a good. If you consider value, he's the the value of this free agent contract as is, is as good as a free agent contract that's been signed this year. Like if you just go straight up value, it's Lucas Giolito's a joke for what what he's given and what he got paid, right? Mon, Montas uh, got sixteen million dollars. He he didn't pitch last year. Yamamoto's never thrown a pitch. He got the biggest contract in baseball history for a pitcher. Like a lot of the free agent signings, you look at this one for what you get for Stroman, this is about as good and as 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 good value as there's been in the free agent market this entire year. And now we're just getting started with it. Unfortunately, it's July, uh, July, January 10th or 11th or 12th. I'll hit the date eventually. It's, it's January 12th, and still so many guys are available. And that's why I'm holding out hope. Those five guys, I'll say it again, and I'm gonna, I'm not going to go crazy today. I yelled a little bit in the open. It's not enough. But, again, one last time, Burns, Bieber, Montgomery, Snell, Cease, they're all still available. One of them needs to be a Yankee. I've felt that way since the beginning of the offseason. I feel it still. Make that happen. Uh, uh, Booten in uh, uh, Cedarhurst. What's up, Booten? Hey, how are you? Good. How are you, buddy? By the way, it's Dudden, by the way, but that's all right. I'm sorry, Budden. Dudden with a D. Oh, Dudden. Okay, that's. Uh, I apologize, Dudden. What's going yeah, on, no man? No problem with that. Of course, not. So Listen, I, I want to gotta... make sure I get your name right, Dudden. Yeah. Okay. So I got a point on it. First of all, yes, I definitely hear the questions about Marcus Stroman with all the baggage he's got, and I've got an answer for that and why it's going to work and okay. why the Yankees have done it. And I also have one more. And my point before that, just quickly, would be that um, Marcus Stroman, you know. He's been trashing the Yankees for years, and look what the Yankees spend on him. You can't beat him, join him, and he came to our team. I feel like that's the best win for the Yankees on number one. Wait, one more time. Two, what was the, what you, I, I missed what you just said there. What was that? One more time. He's been, tra- he's been trashing, trashing the Yankees, York, right? And then the Yankees actually pick him up, which is an embarrassment for him, I believe. Like, you've been trashing those years, and now we act, and the Yankees are willing to come to us. That's like a... That, More I than willing. He, he went out of his way to try and come here, yeah. Right, so I think that's great. And my other point why I think it's not going to be such a big deal for his baggage that he has with all the media and stuff, we're forgetting the man in the locker room, the king of the locker room for the Yankees is Judge. He's the king of baseball. He's cool, collected, and he's the best player, best home run hitter, best average of baseball. I mean... No one is telling him he's got. He's going to keep the boys cool in the locker room. I, he's going to be, even though Verdugo's got baggage and he's got baggage. I think we got some. We're, we're missing something here. The Yankees know they have Judge in the locker room, who's the king, and not going to let anybody boss nobody. I, away. I, I, I mentioned in my open how important he was, and I don't disagree with you. I think, I think he's he gets such a level of respect from every teammate. Like people mentioned, Josh Donaldson's a problem. Josh Donaldson loves Aaron Judge. Josh Donaldson was acting a fool, jumping around, drunk at his birthday party like they were best friends when they just started becoming teammates. And then at, a, at an auction, he bought a painting of Aaron Judge. So, I mean, I, and I, I fully agree with you. I think Judge is uh, a, an excellent leader and controls that clubhouse. And 
that's the one positive of this. I do believe the Yankee clubhouse does have leaders in it. I think Rizzo is a leader. I think Judge is a leader. I think Cole is a leader. I think there's a lot of guys to go to. There's a lot of guys that will help keep this clubhouse together. I agree. But now it's on them to do it. Because they've added two guys here. In the offseason, they've added three real players, right? They've added Verdugo, Stroman, and Soto. Soto, you wouldn't think is an issue. You never know. But those two guys, both from previous teams to any, you know, there's there's an issue with both of those guys fitting into this team. And you got to make sure you do because it's important on some level. They don't have to be friends, but there's there's got to be some, you know, they got to make sure that they have provide themselves a good clubhouse here. That's important. And I do agree. I think Judge is a, a, a key factor. Going to other places might be different. Coming to New York, coming to the Yankees, you got Judge in that clubhouse. And and he, both physically imposing and the idea of how great he is and the fact that he's captain of the New York Yankees and he's the face of baseball, arguably, I think you're right. But Maybe besides Otani. You're right. I think he commands respect and he helps keep that clubhouse in check. Chris in the Bronx. What's up, Chris? Hey, brother. How you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Oh, you got it, buddy. Um, Thanks for making it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so, just with the uh, Yankees, so let's say hypothetically they get, uh, they get I don't know, Montgomery, right? Um, or just any, or Snell maybe. I'm I think Snell's more likely than Montgomery. So, yeah, Snell. Let's say Snell. So, let's say Snell. So, now you have, you got, you got Snell, you got Cortez, you got Rodon. That's three lefties in a rotation. Um, mm-hmm. you think that could work? Sure. Why not? Okay. Yeah, why okay. can't three lefties work? I know most, there are more right-handed hitters necessarily, but yeah, I mean three, three lefties work. I have no problem with that. Probably wouldn't like any more than that, but yeah, I have no. If they're all if as long as they're good pitchers, yeah, I have no problem with it. All right, all right, no, that's understandable for sure. Yeah. Um, my, the second thing, the second thing I want to say was just more or less. Um, you know, I think with the Yankees, I, I mean, listen, I'm only thirty, so I, I like I, I, I didn't see the dynasty like that. I heard a lot about it. You know, sure. I watched videos here and there. I feel, but, so, um, I feel so bad for you because it was awesome. <laughs> It was awesome. Yeah, I believe Chris. it. I believe it. My, my, my dad and my brother—they talk about it all the time. But um, it I was a, not. It, it was awesome. Yeah, uh, but my thing is like, man, I just feel like it's it's not run like like I don't know. I feel like the the boss, right? I feel like he ran it like a like a like he cared. I just feel like his son is like nothing against him, man. But I just feel like it's ran like a business. They care about being profitable, and uh, I get it, it is a business in the grand scheme. But I don't know. I just feel like I don't know, man. I just yeah, feel like it's I, more I like about there's... profit. I think there's a level to that. I think you'd be surprised how much George Steinbrenner cared about profit. Um, but, yeah, no, it was about winning for him. I, I, I understand. And same thing with Hal. Hal is maybe a little bit more that way and a little less, oh, my God, I got to do whatever it, it, it takes. I have to get every single person. I have to make sure that, you know, we win. Although it didn't – here's the thing with George, though. It didn't guarantee him. They were dec- The entire decade of the 80s, they didn't win. So, I mean, just because he wanted it didn't make it happen. You still got to be smart and make good moves. But, yeah, I, I would give you that the the air that I breathe is winning was much more George than it is Hal. But I think he's proven time and time again. Like, it's not like he's allowed this team to fall into disarray and he doesn't sign anybody. or Like, in 2019, again, they make it to game six of the ALCS. They're right there at the Astros. Whatever anyone says, they lost the series, yes. And they can't beat the Astros, yes. Two years ago was an embarrassment. They got swept. 2019 and 17, they were right there with that team. They were right there. The Astros won the series. The next year, what does he do? He gives Cole the and steals him from the Astros and gives him the biggest contract in baseball history for a pitcher. 
Like he didn't have to do that. They they won 101 games and were and were right there with the Astros. He didn't have to do that. He could have let Cole go to to go to the Angels or Cole go to the Dodgers or Cole go to the West Coast. He stepped up and paid him the biggest money last year. Right? Last year they they go out and get Judge. They still went out and added Rodon for 150 million dollars whether it's a good signing or not. He didn't have to do that. They were the best. They won 99 games. They were in the ALCS. They brought back Judge. They brought back Rizzo. That was the one thing he had to do was go get Judge. Spent $40 million a year, $360 million on it. And then he still turned around and gave Rodon $150 million. Like, I'm sorry. Those are examples, whether they end up being good moves or not, of him being willing to go above and beyond or go, you know, and, and, and willing to spend money. It's not just about the business. He wants to win. He doesn't want it as much as the air he breathes like his father, but I I, I think there I think he wins as he wants to win as much as any other owner. You th- you think you think the Astros are the best team in baseball because the owner wants to win more than than Hal Steinbrenner? You think that's with the Dodgers too? You think the Dodgers just want to win more? It's more important to them. I think the Braves have built this great roster and foundation of a team and have won the division how many years in a row because they they're desperate to win more than the Yankees are. I don't think that's the case. Keith in Allendale. What's up, Keith? T-Mac, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm um, listening to you for the time call. Um, oh, thanks for making it, man. Uh, thank you. Um, take take a uh, opposite direction than you. Um, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm a Boston fan. Okay. I feel... <laughs> Um, you guys are being a little bit stubborn with this. I, I, I think stubborn? you guys have a good team. You, you think we have a what? I think you guys have a good team. You, you We do have you a good team. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel, you know, downplaying um, this signing with, 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 with Marcus Stroman. Um, you have Cole, Rondon, Stroman, Cortez. If they play the way that they can play, yeah, if. the way that they could play, that's an amazing rotation. You know, you got Soto, you got Verdugo, um, and the whole Yamamoto thing. You don't know what he is. You don't. You have no idea what he is. You don't know how he's going to pitch in MLB, as opposed to the Japanese league. Um, and the whole thing with the baggage with um, Marcus Stroman, it 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 put on it. It, it tweets. You know, it's it's not like he's doing anything bad. Correct. Like the other guy that. Well, I mean, you know, there's levels the whole... of bad, but nothing illegal. He's not in trouble with right. the law. He's exactly. not doing anything. You know, he's not out. Uh, you know, driving. With, you know, with, he's, there's no DUIs here. There's no uh, domestic violence here. He picks. He he picks fights on Twitter, and he says mean things, and he attacked the Yankees. I agree. It's an easy fix. Totally agree with you on that. If he in his opening press conference he goes, look, I'm going to put all that behind me. I've always wanted to be a Yankee. I was disappointed I didn't get traded here in 19. And, you know, sometimes on social media, I, I, I think things sound better than when I, when I actually read them back. But I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am to be here. Can't wait to get the season started. And then he goes, you know, 3-0 and in April with a 2.7 ERA, and, and no one cares. So I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. It's an easy fix. It's an easy fix. But your point about the rotation, yeah, right. You, 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 with one hand, you say Yamamoto is an unknown. Well, I'm sorry. I know Rodon had a couple of good years. 
Rodon has now a back issue that they called chronic, and he was awful. He was awful last year. Now suddenly I'm supposed to just assume? I think Yamamoto is every bit the same assumption that he's going to be a great pitcher that Rodon is. Plus, he's 25 years old. So, and Nestor Cortez was a nobody before two years ago. And I'm and I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I, I think Rodon can bounce back. And I love Nestor Cortez. But at the same time, you're talking about a guy who wasn't good enough to stay on the Yankees, the, the Orioles, the, the Mariners, and then suddenly it clicked two years ago. And last year was his worst year as a Yankee, plus he was injured. Like, you just want me to just put those guys in and say, oh, here, no problem. Everything, they're going to be perfect. Never mind the fact that I doubt very much Cole's going to have the same type of year. It's hard to put back-to-back years like that. Cole's going to have a lesser year than he had this year. I think he'll still be very, very good and ace-like, but he's not. I, do you think he's going to win back-to-back Cy Youngs? It's possible, but I think it's unlikely. He's going to revert. He's going to probably give up more home runs. He's going to be a little bit, he's going to resort to the mean a little bit. So now all I'm saying is, Stroman doesn't make this rotation excellent. It makes it solid. But it's all the other stuff. It's all the other things that are concerning, I think, a lot of Yankee fans. And the idea that you were looking for better. And they should still be looking for better because of the all-in nature of this year. If they just if if they signed Juan Soto in free agency and they have Juan Soto for the next 10 years, I'm not looking at this the same way. If they traded for him and then gave him an extension as opposed to just coming to an agreement on arbitration today or yesterday, then I feel differently. But because of Juan's, Juan Soto changes everything about this team. Juan Soto being here in the middle of this lineup for one season makes me chase a championship this year. Juan Stroman, Juan Stroman, Marcus Stroman makes them a better team, but he doesn't make them a World Series favorite. I want the pitcher that makes them that. I think Burns makes them that. I do. I think Burns makes them a, a an American League favorite. I think Cease might put him there. I think uh, Snell probably puts him there. That's the kind of pitcher. A guy who just won the Cy Young. A guy who's won a Cy Young. An ace of a staff. Stroman's a middle-of-the-pack, middle-of-the-rotation pitcher. Solid. Will give you innings. Team needs it. Go out and do more. 877-337-6666. We'll come back, continue to take your Yankee phone calls, but we will start to transition into football here as it is a football Friday, and we are getting ready for a bunch of really interesting playoff games. We'll give you picks, and we'll do all the other stuff normally we do on a football Friday, plus we'll sprinkle in the Knicks and a disappointing loss, uh, their first since making the trade for uh, Ananobi and ruining their five-game winning streak, and plus, obviously, the football and the coaching. And whether or not the Giants should be interested in a couple of head coaches. I actually find that an interesting conversation. We'll get to that as well. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. So I know we talked about the uh, the weather of that uh, Saturday night playoff game, but it's getting worse and you know the, it's getting colder and colder by the day. Now it's with the wind chill. They're saying it could be n- minus thirty degrees, and I think there was talk of like some fear about 
having all those people out in that weather. I mean, that's cra- minus 30. Can you imagine? What would you do? Would you go? Like Probably you, not. If you had tickets like already, you know, bought your season ticket holder for Kansas City or whatever the case, you have you have tickets for that game thinking, yeah, you know, I'll bundle up, but how cold could it be? And then they tell you it's going to be minus 30 with the wind chill and, and gusting winds. Like, I, I don't know. I know for a fact that I was talking about it with my wife today. She's like, there's no way in hell I'm going to that game. I'm trying to remember how cold. I was at the last game at Giant Stadium when right. the Jets beat the Bengals to clinch a playoff spot. Okay. Sunday night, it was a cold Sunday, and they moved it to the night game, and it was just the Brutal. coldest I've ever been in my life. But yeah. I don't know if it was 30 below. No, it probably wasn't. That's crazy. Now that's like a, a must-watch game. Unfortunately, it's on Peacock. Everyone's pissed off about Peacock. 877-337-6666. But I'll figure out a way somehow. I'm looking forward to it. I am now a half hour away from three hours away. So three and a half hours. That was quick math right there. Three and a half hours away from my weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to the football weekend. We'll give you picks. We'll get into the games a little bit. Bill Belichick said goodbye. I wonder where he's going next. We, I guess we could talk about that a little bit as well. What would be a perfect fit for him? And and ultimately, do you think it would be – do you think if you were the Giants – and I know that was the question, right? I heard that today. Sal was talking about it. If you were the Giants, would you consider moving on from Brian Dable now that Bill Belichick is available, the history of Bill Belichick, the defense – I almost tweeted out today, and then my, my son was bothering me. Um, I was going to tweet out, it doesn't matter, but the, the, the I always say, I, I always say I, I was going to do it and then it's like stupid to say I was going to, I didn't, I didn't tweet it out, but the former defensive coordinator of the New York Giants who loves this organization, you could tell every time he talks about it, uh, that, that, that 30 for 30 did with Bill Parcells. I mean, they, he loves this organization. I'm sure he would love to coach it if it were available, but would you move on from Brian Dable? I have an opinion on it. We'll get to it later. Shane in Mount Vernon. What's up, Shane? Uh, hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Um, so I'm calling because um, I'm excited that the Yankees uh, signed Marcus Stroman. Okay. I think it's a good signing for the number five slot um, in the rotation. Yeah, I don't know if he's the number. Uh, I think he's ahead of uh, Clark Schmidt. But, yeah, right around there, four or five, yep. Yeah, for one key reason, he proved that he could pitch well in the on the New York Mets, so on the bright New York City lights, which is no small thing. Yeah, no, he. I mean, he pitched fairly well. He wasn't. He wasn't great, but he, he was. He was good. Star, yeah. I'm, I, well, yeah, but here's the thing, and it's not so mm-hmm. much. I agree with you uh, on some level. I mean, the Mets sure are taking um, previous New York experience into account with their signings. So I think it helps. I think it's something that. You could put in the in the um, you know in the in the pro section when you're doing pros mm-hmm. and cons, but at the same time, it's not the Yankees, and he specifically has done things and attacked the Yankees. Like it's not just New York now; it's yeah. specifically the Yankees. He has gone after the Yankee rotation uh, after he was not traded in 2019. He talked about how he was better than everyone in the rotation besides Cole. Uh, he mm-hmm. t- he said that uh, you know he went after Brian Cashman a little bit. Someone just mm-hmm. tweeted out before I saw um, 
uh, a guy named uh, Carabas, who used to work for Barstool, works for um, DraftKings now. Uh, this year, I guess, for the, I think it might have been, I think it was this year or whatever, one of the years that Cole was uh, up for the Cy Young, he didn't show up for that interview show they do on MLB Network. You know, they have okay. those, they have like the three finalists from MLB Network. And this guy Carabas tweeted out, uh, you know, Cole is the biggest, you know, softy or whatever. He probably used foul language. I'm not going to use it, but the biggest softy in Major League mm-hmm. Baseball. How does he not show up to this thing? And Stroman liked it. Like, there are things like that. Like, and I know that's small, and you probably got to go digging for it. And it's an easy answer, yeah. and no one cares necessarily. But, like, these are the kind of things he can't do. Like, he's got to just, like, moving forward, he's got to stop this. And right now, uh, also, I mean, the amount of blocks, like every Yankee fan is coming out with the idea that he's been blocked by Stroman. Like, it's just, now if you go you go after him, you're going to get blocked. But he's also, you know, made personal attacks on people, made assumptions about people, um, said things about people, has has jumped in every single argument. It's, you know, it's just one of those things where he's very, he's very sensitive, and you just can't be sensitive. You can't come here. Claim you want to be here. Tweet out, uh, you know, or Instagram out pictures of you in a, you know, a Yankee uniform and you in a Yankee sweatshirt when you were a kid. And, you know, you can't come here with the expectations of winning a world championship this year, having knocked the Yankees in the past. I believe claimed you would never play for them. Now, want to come here, work your way here, and then every time you have a bad outing, be on Twitter clapping back at everybody who gets into your DMs or tweets at you that you suck. Like, you have to just, you have to move on from it. And you have to just take it in and not, you know, go back at every single person who's got something to say. And he's that kind of guy. And in some ways, it's beneficial for a a competitive person. I'm sure many people use that kind of, you know, desire to, to always defend yourself or always fight back. It can be used in a positive way, but this is not a positive way. And it's more than just being able to pitch in New York with the Mets. This is specifically a history with a fan base, history with a franchise that they clearly don't mind. And bravo to Cashman on some level. Like, I've said this a lot. I don't think when Brian Cashman makes a move, you have to worry about whether pitching a pitch in New York, definitely. And the idea that he pitched with the Mets helps, I suppose. And just the idea of his demonstrative nature and the idea that he wants to be a Yankee uh, would make me feel fairly good about it. But... At the same time, like it's something you have to be concerned of, but the idea that Brian Cashman was a, was knocked by this guy or he had something to say about the organization or he had, these are you look to improve your team. Now, while I don't think this improved the Yankees enough and I'm still looking for more, and we'll see, hopefully there's more. Again, it is January 12th, and every single pitcher I wanted besides Yamamoto is still available. Everyone is still available. It's just I'm concerned that they only were willing to do Yamamoto, and now you're saying they don't want to spend money. And now to add this to a Snell contract, it, you're talking about spending a lot of money in tax. It just seems it has the feel of finality to it. It has that feel of, okay, we're done. And if that's the case, it's just not good enough. But I, I like the idea Brian Cash will go out there and he doesn't who cares what the fan base thinks? I'll be the first one to tell you. So many Yankee fans will say, Well, get on Brian Cash and get on the Yankees. They never do what we want. Uh, there's a few times when it makes sense, but for the most part, his job is to give you what you want as far as championships. Now you want to say he hasn't done enough since 09? 
perfectly fair. I was talking about this forever. More than fair to move on from Brian Cashman. But if you think he should just cater to every one of your whims because the Yankees haven't won a championship, it's silly. The Yankee fans have this unique notion that they are smarter than everyone and that what they want is what's best, and they should do what the Yankee fan wants. The Yankee, oh, as a Yankee fan, we've been saying this forever. Go get this guy. Get, go get that guy. Oh, we've been saying go get Brantley. Go get this one. Go get that one. The Yankees are just supposed to follow suit. I like the idea that he's willing to go out there and get a Strowman who's who's knocked the organization, who's been out there publicly. Go improve the team. But doesn't make it right necessarily. I just like the idea that he won't be stopped by the fans. But he's got to be right on this. And Strowman has to figure out a way to be a lot less a lot less sensitive. Alex and Lyndon, what's up, Alex? Hey, what's up, man? Happy New Year. I don't think I've talked to you since before Christmas, at least, buddy. Oh, well, thank you very much. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. I uh, hope you have fun on Saturday. Sounds like a Saturday for the boys type day. It's a boys Saturday. I haven't had one in forever. So I'm looking for I have yeah. I, I usually <laughs> have a I usually have a boys Saturday, but it's uh getting jumped on by six and four year old boys. That sounded go. that sounded really bad out of context. No, I got. Uh, I'm I'm referring to my my children jumping on me, mean. wrestling with me. That's what I meant. I my kids meant. jumping from the top rope and wrestling. Uh, that's what I meant. <laughs> Good thing you cleared it up. Good thing you cleared yes. it up. You never know. But yes, I, but I knew what you meant. Yes. <laughs> um. So before I uh, make my point, you brought up that that was Karabic. He's already needling about that tweet. He's yes. he went and dug up his old tweet. Yes. Oh, yeah, that sounds. That's Karabas. That's part for the course. Yes, I am aware. But I'm just saying those are the things. Like, I don't know if that's the kind of thing that the Yankees are aware of. Think little subtle things yeah. like that when other teams or other players in Major League Baseball will comment or like or, right. you know, say something negative about, like, now they're teammates. And he's right. on the record. Uh, he went against them in the, a Manaya tweet uh, when, when when Cole and Manaya kind of had that uh, – not Manaya. um What's his name? The the pitcher for uh, the Blue Jays. I'm saying his name oh, wrong. Uh, Manoa. Alec Manoa. Manoa. I knew what Manaya was right. Manoa. Yeah. Alec Manoa. Yeah. So yeah, him and Manoa had a thing where they were going back and forth, and he called Manoa a cheat. Right. And, like, and Strowman was all on board with that. Like, right. now you're teammates. You. Pr- it's not a huge deal. We saw the same thing happen with Donaldson and Cole. You you figure it out quickly. But at the same time, those are the things that just you know, you got to stop doing so, things like that. Stop getting involved in everything that's being said on Instagram. And social media. It, it, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that though, Chris, because me and my Yankee fan group chat were like, at least maybe this sticks it to the Blue Jays a little bit, being that the Blue Jays kind of are a rival now with the Manoa Cole stuff and Vlad, you know, Vladdy always talking now about the Yankees. So maybe at least one thing, maybe Blue Jays fans are a little mad, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I guess I'm not too concerned. Not. You you might call it a. I understand they made the playoffs again this year, but they lost. You might call it a rivalry. Yeah. They never beat the Yankees. I, I know they they, no, right. they finished in a higher seed and went to the playoffs this year. But when they, when it come, when big spots come up, the Yankees always beat them. So and, and plus, I mean, I just I, I think that Strowman's been on two different teams since. I don't think it's that big a deal. Yeah, he he's just he's so weird. So the block story, it's kind of funny. I think it's funny. He was blocking us, Chris, as Yankee fans that didn't even tweet at him. He would search his name or he would search something about him. Yeah. And if you even mentioned Strowman without even, you know, going at him, he'd just find you and block you. I've been blocked for three years. Um, <laughs> and the funny story I have is that my ex-girlfriend was a Mets, like, is a Mets fan, mm-hmm. and we used to live together. So I would be like, hey, can you, like, look up what he said today? And now I, <laughs> like, I can't even see what he's saying. So, like, today, oh, yeah, well, I when mean... he got traded... 
I'm uh, trying to, what like, do you need to what, do you, what like, do you need to be a, uh, aware of what Stroman's saying daily? Who I cares what he's saying? I don't want to see what he says randomly after stuff like this, just to be like, like, oh, like right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like is he saying anything, Chris, about being I, no. now? Yeah, I, I mean, he's put out it, well, on on Instagram. He's put out a couple pictures. I think that's it. And he put out, oh. I'm a Yankee. He put but out. He put out. The, he put out the sentence. I'm a Yankee. He put out a picture you. of a superimposed picture of you know the jersey superimposed on him, and then he t- put a, a picture of his childhood, him and his father, and he's wearing a uh, a Yankee shirt. Gotcha. Yankee Twitter. It's funny. I don't know. I mean, you're. I mean, you're involved in it a little bit, but you know, you're. I try. You know, I try to stay media. away as much as I can. I mean, I want to be the Yankee. Listen, I, 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 you know, I, I'm a big Yankee fan here at the station. I want to be involved in the Yankees. Me and Keith do the Yankee podcast. Right. So I got you know Yankee content's my thing, uh, but right. the Yankee Twitter to go I like I don't I don't respond to people that much. I try not to get into because it's it's crazy. I mean yeah, for a while there I think I think Yankee Twitter is for the most part very smart, uh, very uh, very aware of what's going on. Smart baseball guys, but right. the, the 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 hatred for the organization boggles my mind. Do you see though what we have to do as? People who are blocked by him, we have to like find someone who's not to screenshot what he's talking about. That's how weird right. it got. Like no, he I just get you. went yeah. and blocked everyone. But it was good talking to you, Chris. And uh, once again, have fun on Saturday, bro. Oh, well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate. It. Yeah, I'm not. Good I'm stuff. not that concerned about reading his tweets. I'm not that concerned that I need to have him on my. I'm. A, I, I have to know what what Strowman's saying on social media. In fact, I hope he doesn't say anything. But these are all questions that's going to get asked at the press conference. No doubt about it. When he gets introduced, you're going to have to ask him. Uh, about all the different things he's done to, you know, comments he's made about the Yankee rotation, comments he's made about Brian Cashman, comments he's made about the organization, comments he's made about Yankee fans, and, you know, vice and same thing for Cashman. Cash, you know, you said he wasn't a difference maker in 2019. What what makes him one now? Like, these are all, but they all get settled out. It's all about pitching well and performing well. And that's why it's secondary to me. The first thing, order of business I have when I think of, of Stroman joining this rotation is how good does it make the Yankees? And it doesn't make them as good as I'd hoped. He's not as he's not the same level of pitcher of the kind of guy I wanted to bring here. Yeah, I'm concerned about his, his sensitivity levels. I'm concerned about how that'll play with the Yankees. I'm concerned what happens when he starts struggling like all pitchers do. I'm concerned about that. But ultimately, he's a third or fourth starter. I was looking for better. And now they still have time. There are still guys available via trade, via free agency, via whatever. They need to figure out a way to get another starting pitcher here. But they're better today. This signing was good. And the contract itself is excellent. I think it's an excellent contract. And I think it's proof that he wants to be here. And I think it took the, I think he probably reached out to the Yankees and and offered. You know, a, a sweetheart deal, and Cashman's like, geez, look at the value I'm getting for this, and maybe I could still do other things. $18 million on the books maybe isn't devastating. I can still add a, a trade. You could definitely add a Bebor or Stearns to this. I don't know if you want to give $30 million to, to Snell for five or six years and add it on top of the Stroman money for $18 million for the next at least two, possibly three years. But the trade for a one-year pitcher, that's still on the table. It should be. Otherwise, the Yankees are not doing their job. And again, I I I made a commitment, and I feel strongly that those five pitchers, one of them needed to be here. They're still not. So no matter how you look at it, when you make that Soto trade, it bought them some time. It bought them some free uh, goodwill. And I'm I'm curious how fast that's all gone now. All the goodwill it bought is probably gone now. They needed to follow that up with making sure this year was the year. And right now, this move doesn't do that for me. 
So it's a good move. It doesn't excite me. 877-337-6666. All right, when we come back, we transition a little bit to football on this Football Friday. We'll continue to take your calls on Strowman if you like, but I want to talk about the Giants and they and their coaching and the idea that we should uh, remove the current head coach for Bill Parcells or whomever. We'll get into that a little bit. Plus, obviously, the games as we get ready for the two on Saturday, the three on Sunday, and the one on Monday night. I'll give you my we'll, – we'll talk about the games. I'll give you who I think is going to go through the playoffs here, give you a couple ideas on some future bets. We'll have some fun on this Football Friday. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. All right there, 154. McMonagle here with you. Got you all the way to 5 o'clock. Obviously, the news today, Bill Belichick out in New England. Broke early this morning. They had the press conference earlier today. He starts it out with actually a pretty funny joke about Tim Tebow. But it is over in New England. And so the speculation obviously runs rampant, which I'm not surprised at all. It sounds like he still wants to coach. We knew that would be the case. And I listen, I do think that there's it's just time. Like sometimes it's just no the last couple of years have been rough uh for New England. No doubt about it. And I think a lot of his coaching decisions have been interesting too, obviously. I mean, the, to let Joe Judge and Matt Patricia anywhere near your offense makes no sense to me. And despite all of that, the defense despite uh despite injuries to Judon and some different guys like he's still able to put forth a pretty damn good defense. I think he's still an excellent head coach, and I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be linked to every single job under the sun. I mean, he's just going to be hes going to be linked everywhere. And there are reports that Mayo is already going to be the next head coach, and that's what I'm confused a little bit with, with, with um, the Patriots, if you care. Like, I wouldn't immediately – wouldn't you want to go somewhere completely different because I just I don't know if you're going to have someone under the same umbrella, in the same tree, in the same vein, try and run the same show in New England. It's just not going to work. Like, it's not his fault. And, and following Bill Belichick is going to be one of the more difficult jobs ever. Right? Same thing with Saban. Like, following those two, you want you, it's the old cliche. You don't want to be the guy who follows the guy. You want to be the guy that follows the guy that follows the guy. Blah, blah, blah. It's a mouthful. But that's true. You don't want to be that immediate replacement, and it's tough. And so to follow it up with someone who he's worked with and it, it, it's going to try and run it back in the same system kind of vein, I, I think you go someone dramatically different. And especially considering they're going to be drafting a young uh, quarterback at the top of the draft, I would look to bring in you know, one of these young offensive coordinator types to run my team. But for Bill himself, I still think there's plenty in there. I think he is the greatest coach in NFL history. I, I, I just can't go back far enough to Vince Lombardi and, and tell you he's better. Like I've, he's the best head coach. I understand he's taken hit here over the last few years, plus Tom Brady has won the Super Bowl, and he's been awful with Mac Jones. And that, I mean, that's just what leads me to my next point is that, you know, there's been some the idea of what do you do, right? If you're If you're a team out there, and even if you have a coach that you didn't intend on firing, but – 
you're unsure of the footing he has inside the organization or just your feel for him. And now all of a sudden, Bill Belichick is available. Well, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick. And while I do think he is the greatest head coach in NFL history and has left an incredible imprint on this game, and really, like, when I think of him, I think he was the first one, and and at least that's what I've always, like, when I go back and think of Belichick, and I think of this team and the run it went on and the defense, like, he was the first one, at least in my memory, where it felt like most of the time, and we talk about this a lot with football, teams have identities. And it just felt like before Bill Belichick, not that there weren't ever game plans necessarily. Of course, there were game plans for different teams and stuff. But for the most part, you played your game. You played to your strengths. You did what you did best, both offensively and defensively. And you hoped it was better than what the other team... There would be wrinkles inside that on some level. But ultimately, you did what you did best. Bill Belichick was the first coach who really started to make his team chameleons. And they would play different and have completely different game plans and visions and even defensive schemes and thoughts. And just everything was different week to week based on the opponent. And, you know, he would study the opponent and and figure them out so well, sometimes by the help of cameras. But like in the uh, the Super Bowl against the the Rams, but he knew he would he would develop a game plan for that team. And now that's kind of become the way of the NFL. And it felt like before that you just played to your strength and you did what you did and you did it as best as you could. And most of the time, the best you know, if you were good enough, you would just dominate the oppo- the opposition with your game plan. And it really felt like that's like the the mark he leaves. Obviously, all the winning, uh, you know, the the way he treated the media, Brady, all of that. But a lot of it is also just like his ability for defensive schemes. But and obviously, what a great defensive coordinator he was with the Giants and Jets. Uh respectively, but his ability to turn his team into a chameleon and change what they did on a weekly basis based on who they were playing is is kind of what I'll think of him as and the best head coach ever. But should he be the Giants head coach? Should the Giants or Jets consider moving on from their current situation? I know the Jets is a little bit different, but should Brian Dable be considered as, you know, exchangeable if the great Bill Belichick is available? I'll answer it next. 